Hey, Action Alerts Plus members and other folks listening to the AAP podcast. It's Chris Versace here. The Fed has just uh, announced its policy statement. In fact, as we talk right now, Fed Chair Powell is continuing with the post-policy statement presser, shorthand for the press release. Uh, joining me once again is Todd Campbell, author of the Streets Street Smarts newsletter. Um, Todd, you know, so the Fed comes out, policy statement, 25 basis points as expected, with ongoing rate hikes likely to happen um, pretty much as expected, no? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, we expected that there would be you know, a continuation pretty much of hawkish commentary out of the Fed, at least in their statement. I don't think there were significant changes in the statement. I mean, I was going through it, Chris, and just looking, you know, real quick to see if there was anything that jumped out at me. I think that one thing that was interesting is that in the prior meeting, I believe the language was inflation remains elevated and then kind of suggested why. Uh, They did add has eased somewhat which I thought was maybe intriguing and maybe some people are hanging their hat on that today. Um, Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, you know, I mean, they they continued to pound on the idea that ongoing increases were likely. And I think that was something else. I mean, that was language that had continued to exist. We had seen that before him saying ongoing, ongoing. But I think that ongoing to me, Chris, when I hear ongoing, it doesn't necessarily mean one more. (laughs) Well, so... So it's, it's it's funny you say that, right? So I, I always like to um, listen to the the presser for a prolonged period of time because you there are various questions and sometimes you really have to catch the wording that Powell uses when he responds. So you know, for example, uh, to what exactly what you just said, you know, about I don't know. Uh, 20, 25 minutes in to the presser, he goes, well, you know, blah blah, a couple of more rate hikes couple to me is at least two. So I, I think that's likely to be the case. Of course, he did backpedal and say that they will be data dependent. Um, you know, the the other thing, though, uh, even after that comment was that there was a question about the economy and whether or not it will indeed, you know, go past, uh, you know, slower growth. So, you know, in other words, likelihood of a recession. And Powell said that, you know, he thinks that they could have very subdued growth this year, just like last year. Of course, last year, the first half, GDP actually contracted, right? So, you know, it, it's it. I think the market might be overreaching into the notion that the economy might be a little better than what uh, it had been thinking just, you know, three, four months ago. Well, GDP was, I think he had said in the presser, GDP for 22 was about 1%. For the year, for the year, for the year. Yeah, for the year. And I think that he suggested, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that we could see, well, he, I think he used subdued. I think my implicate, the implication from what I got out of that was that he was expecting similarly that we could have, uh, um, you know, that kind of a level of GDP. That's growth, right? I mean, that's, he's still his base, I think he used the term base case. Right. And his base case was still for the soft landing argument. Uh, of, you know, not exciting growth, but some growth. Well, keep in mind, Todd, right, that right now the the Atlanta Fed GDP now for the current quarter is 0.7%. So, you know, if you you do some simple math, you know, sub 1%, maybe we have a little bit of a slowing flirt with that 
you know, break even level, maybe dip a little bit below that, you can see something that is subdued and call it between half a point of growth and 1%. The other thing, just you know, building off of that, that he had said in that conversation that I thought was interesting was that, you know, he, he, he responded that he didn't think, he thought we could get inflation down towards the target without necessarily seeing the same level of spike in unemployment Mm -hmm. that historically we have seen. And I thought that was intriguing as well because he's kind of kind of pushing back a little bit on the narrative that no, we need to see this huge spike in unemployment for him to be able or for the committee, I should say, for the committee to actually, you know, press the pause button and say, okay, we really need to to stop here and let things settle out. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna make the March update to their forecasts really must watch. Uh, you know, TV, so to speak, because it, we'll we'll see what the unemployment rate is on Friday with the official employment report. But I mean, it by all by all accounts, it continues to be tight for sure. Um, you know how tight it is relative to December's three point five percent print. You know, we will see. But I, I do think we'll see um, what the Fed now thinks it has to get to in terms of benchmarks both for um, you know the PCE as well as the unemployment rate in that update that we're going to get in March again. Um, what about, you know, it, it was interesting to me that he said several times that about 56% of the, you know, of what they look at for inflation has not seen any progress in terms of disinflation. Uh, you know, I, I want to try and make, make sure I get this right. Core services, non-housing. Um, but he did talk about seeing signs in the housing market and in the rental market and that kind of, you know, beginning to roll over, showing up in future data. Um, obviously, there's the deflation we've seen in the goods sector. Uh, you know, I guess the question I have is, um, could they go one more hike, two more hikes, and then, you know, hit the pause button and see? And to me, you know, you and, you and I talked about this in recent podcasts. There is stuff outside of what, you know, those three uh, factors, which is obviously the reignition of China's economy and what we're seeing crop up now in higher commodity prices for uh, a number of different materials. So still not out of the woods, Todd. It felt to me like he was trying to push back on the concept that you could just annualize three months of PC change and say the Fed's job is almost done. Agreed. you know, which a lot of people have tried to argue um, that, you know, okay, well, PCE has fallen pretty substantially in the last three months. If you annualize that out, then we're we're getting, we're much closer to the target than than maybe the year over year numbers would, would suggest. And I felt like he was saying, no, we really need to look at the year over year numbers because again, we have such a big piece of inflation that isn't yet starting to back off. Um, and I think that that's kind of where they're looking at. There, it was also interesting to hear someone ask the question of whether or not they would consider a pause and then an increase. And his response was, if you look back historically, it used to be considered doing a lot when you were raising every other meeting. So he seemed to open the door a crack to the concept yeah. of being of of maybe okay, we won't hike at some point, but maybe we'll reserve the right to continue hiking again. That's kind of what Canada did in their last. Uh, policy meetings. So, you know, it wouldn't be kind of like out of nowhere for that to happen. Um, I just looked at the CME FedWatch tool, Chris, 
and I'm showing, it looks like um, most people are still thinking 475 to five. So another 25 beeps, but you know, 36% chance of another 25 after that in May. And that's up over the course of the last, you know, month, well, couple weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there there is the potential for us to go a little bit higher. And like you said, we're going to have to watch and see what happens when they update all of that nice little guidance. Well, at the next meeting. so so let me let me just say a few things, Todd. You know, just scanning over my notebook as I was taking uh, you know comments down. Powell said, you know, we're well, we're still in the early stages. Um, you know, they want to be restricted for longer. They've seen the mistakes of you know, loosening too soon. So I, I think that that echoes comments that we've got in recent weeks. Um, and probably, you know, I'll be watching that same CME Fed watch tool to see if folks still have that uh, 25 basis point cut, you know, at the end of the year baked in. Sounds like it needs to be removed, but we'll see. Um, but here, here's something that, you know, as I was sitting there listening to Powell talk and thinking about the market, Market's a forward-looking animal, as we know, on average, you know, six months plus. Uh, is it possible, do you think, that the market is sitting there going, you know, we may not know what the final Fed funds rate is, but we are certainly far closer to getting there than we were six months ago, nine months ago. So it, it's almost starting to go, we're close. We're pretty close, right? And now we can start to think about what comes next. Yeah, and I think part of that, too, is that the bond market is kind of signaling that. I mean, I just looked, Chris, the TLT is up a percent. So, you know, Todd, so Todd, hang on. For, for, for the listener, what is that supposed to mean? So that's a 20-year bond ETF. So you've got, the, you've got the short end, and actually the short end, you know, yields actually um, um, went the other way. Uh, it sold off, so yields rose a little bit on the short end, and the long end, they come. They they fell even more. So the convert the curve, the yield curve, shorter uh, yielding treasuries yielding more than longer longer term treasuries, which is abnormal, right? You wouldn't see that. Normally, you get rewarded for loaning your money out for longer, not not penalized for it. So you know, I think it's kind of kind of interesting to see that after the Fed's comments, the long end yields continue to fall, which of course is good for that's the risk free rate used in discounted cash flow models and everything else. So theoretically, you could award a higher multiple to stocks. You know, that was a pressure that was against the, the, right. the market in the first half of 2022. We had the rising yields, uh, and, and then they were causing, you know, multiple uh, devaluation, if you will, or multiple compression. And now, perhaps one of the reasons we've had this rally in January is because the 10-year yield has been falling since, uh, I think it's October. And obviously, no matter what he said today, it didn't matter, right? Because the, the S&P started off, you know, at 2.30 when he started talking and just started motoring rocket shipping higher as a straight line up the entire conference, no matter what he said. And then again, like I said, the TLT, you know, as of 3.15 today is, is, is up a percent. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I, you know, to me, it, I, I think we let, let's break it down a little bit, right? So that's the reaction perhaps to the what the Fed has done, perhaps nearing getting a little more comfortable that, oh boy, the big rate hikes are really behind us now, even though we might have one or two, you know, smaller rate hikes to go. But remember, Todd, we still have a ton of earnings to go. 
through. Even even tonight, we've got we've got Meta, we've got Apple tomorrow, Amazon, uh, Alphabet, you know, blah blah blah. You know, we're 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 going to get a lot more data. And don't forget too that the ISM manufacturing numbers continue to be in contraction mode. New orders fell, you know, to lower territory. I, I shared that in a note with Action Alerts Plus members. And we have to keep in mind the historical relationship between that data and S&P 500 revenue. So, you know, on the one hand, perhaps uh, the market's embracing what the Fed has to say, but there is that, you know, I hate to say that other shoe, but there are other things to watch. Okay, well, the only thing I would push back a little bit on that, Chris, is, is this. You know, if you look at facts that they said that Q4 EPS fell 5% year over year for the S&P 500 stocks, right? In Q4, mm -hmm, it's supposed mm -hmm. to fall about 3% um, here in Q1. Anyways, the decline in Q4 was the first year over year decline since Q3 of 2020, right? Well, mm -hmm. when did stocks bottom in 2020, Chris? In 2020? Gee, Q1, Todd. March of 2020. So did they bottom? They bottomed almost six months before earnings bottomed. Yes. No, 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 no. And that's that that's exactly why, you know, in today's daily rundown, I was talking about already starting to revisit certain sectors, including uh, some of the chip stocks, um, you know, not not so much those tied to PCs and smartphones, which are going to have a rough first half of the year, but some other areas where we got, you know, obviously some good prospects for growth because the stocks have likely bottomed now and we need to look forward. So, you know, I, in other words, I agree with you, but I also think though that that's a particular um, that's a particular example, not necessarily the market in full. Remember, as investors, we we tend to buy stocks or in some cases ETFs, not not generally speaking, not the market. Right, and and these will have you know earnings announcements, and and each stock will be impacted slightly different, and and et cetera, et cetera. So you're, obviously we have to watch how that plans out, but I do think it's interesting. But but to your point, you know, I, I was looking back um, over the last week and you look at Microsoft, right? The guidance that they gave raised some concerns about the cloud. Stocks rebounded. You look at Lamb Research, right? Oh, boy, things are going to be tough the first half of the year. Seven percent headcount reduction. Stock traded off and came back. Right. Even Intel, you're, you're probably looking at the at the Quotron right now. God, I just dated myself, Todd. Quotron. The um, you know, I think I saw while I was watching the the Powell press conference, Intel was flirting with 30. I mean, it it's bounced back. So I I, I think the market is taking a more um, generous view of you know what we're hearing. Um, even AMD, right? Up uh, eight nine percent today. So I, I I do think the market is continuing to look increasingly forward. Right. This is something you and I talked about in the past two weeks when we were on the podcast together on AAP's podcast. We were talking about it's the reaction to the earnings. That's right. That matters more than the absolute number that they're re, you know reporting. And for for the most part, I, I think that you could say that even bad reports have been re rewarded. One of the things that I think dovetails with that not only has the 10-year yield been falling, which of course supports valuations, uh, in theory at least, uh, we've also seen the dollar fall. And you know the dollar obviously was very strong last year because we were hiking like crazy when the central banks everywhere else weren't really doing much of anything. Um, and today, you know, following the presser, the UUP, which is the dollar index ETF, is down 
0.88 beeps. So 88 beeps, so you know, 0.88%. So dollars down again, and 59% of technology revenue comes from overseas. So you know, you start looking at well, what kind of baskets might do well. So that maybe that it kind of weighs into Microsoft and Intel as as you were talking about the way people are reacting because the people are saying, well, you know, maybe we are willing to pivot, pay a little slightly higher multiple now, and maybe that headwind for currency conversion has has mitigated. But I just want to pivot the conversation because I know we're getting long here. But I do want to hang on, hang on, hang on. Before okay. before you do that, I, I just want to say I agree 100% with what you just said. But it's also not just tech. Believe it or not, it was actually McDonald's this week that said it sees in the current quarter some dollar headwinds, you know, petering out. But as we enter the second quarter, they fall to the wayside, which reiterates a point that we've been talking about. It speaks to what you were just saying. Point being, a lot of multinationals will benefit. Yeah, it's a year over year comparisons, listeners. So, I mean, you really have to think about where was the dollar last year versus where is it likely to be as we go forward? And, and same thing with commodities. So commodities have started to rebound and increase a little bit later. But if you look at when commodities really took off, it was Q2 of 2022. So even if they rise from here, they could still show some pretty remarkable year-over-year decline because we had those big spikes in the, in the second so, quarter. So Todd, that, that gets into an interesting conversation that we're going to table for next time. Yeah. That's how to look at data, you know, both on a year over year or quarter over quarter basis, because I think you have to look at it both ways. It's far more insightful than using one or the other. But before we get out, Todd, any any last words from you on the yeah. Fed? Yeah. One thing I wanted to, to, you know, hammer home or get your thoughts on, too, is is what did you think about his comments or the comments about quantitative tightening um, versus rate hikes? And, you know, one of the things that not many people are thinking about is, well, you know, you could theoretically continue to pseudo tighten, even if you stopped raising rates by just increasing the pace of this, of running the the, the balance the sheet down, treasuries off the balance sheet. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of subtleties to investing and look, examining the economy and monetary policy as well. And I think, unfortunately, we tend to fall into the trap of what is talked about most, right? Which in this case is the Fed funds rate. But it's a great point. You know, they could do a lot more than, you know, the average person is anticipating. So it'll, it'll be something to watch. I think, you know, we'll we'll watch the tallies, look at the minutes, and candidly, just, just look at the Treasury balance sheet. Sounds good to me, Chris. All right. Hey, Todd, thanks. Thanks for hopping on again. You know, this was kind of a a fun uh, market reaction or Chris and Todd reaction, AAP reaction to uh, the Fed's February monetary policy meeting. Uh, We'll be back with another episode of the regular podcast next week. Thanks for listening, everyone.